Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise God. I'm thankful that we're serving an overcoming God today. And I'm thankful to be a part of an overcoming church. The power and the presence of the Holy Ghost is real here today. We feel his power and his presence. It's our prayer that you feel that same power and that same presence right where you are at this very moment. We are celebrating a very significant day, a very, very significant day. I'm thankful that you've joined us and it's our prayer that the Spirit of the Lord will not only minister to you in song, but also through His Word. Several years ago, during this very season, I passed by a church, and I noticed on their sign out in their front lawn, it said, Easter, it's the Christmas story, part two. <laughs> it's probably one of the greatest analogies of the Resurrection Sunday that I've ever heard, the Christmas story, part two. This morning, we're going to be focusing on a passage of Scripture found in the book of St. John, chapter 20 and verses 19 through 31. On the first resurrection morning, the ladies that went to that tomb found something that they did not expect. The first thing they saw was the stone that had been carefully rolled and sealed at the mouth of that tomb by Roman soldiers had been rolled away. Furthermore, Jesus was not there. As it's been said many times, the stone wasn't rolled away to keep Jesus in, but the stone was rolled away so that all humanity would have access. When they saw the empty tomb, they knew that something powerful and something supernatural had taken place. Jesus had, in fact, risen from the dead. He was not there, and he was alive, and he is still alive today. Jesus Christ had broken the bonds of death just as he said he would. Along with the cross, the resurrection is central to our Christian faith because without the resurrection, everything else would lose its meaning. As a matter of fact, everything that our Christian faith is all about is hinged upon the resurrection Sunday. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 17, the apostle Paul said it this way. He said, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and ye are yet in your sins. Without the resurrection, Jesus was just a good teacher or an artisan of words, if you please. Without the resurrection, Jesus was woefully mistaken about his ability to defeat death and sin. However, what makes the resurrection so critically important is this, that it proves that Jesus Christ really is who he said he was, and it validates his divinity. However, my purpose today is not to try to prove that the resurrection happened. Certainly, I believe that the Christian community agrees on that. I would like to focus on what happened as a result of the resurrection. From John's account, 
we discover that there are at least four implications of his resurrection for every believer. There was a reason that Jesus rose from the dead. I've always said that Jesus doesn't just do something for the sake of doing something. He's not trying to entertain humanity for entertainment's sake, but he's doing something significant to prove a powerful and a spiritual and an eternal point. Most certainly the resurrection validated the claims of Jesus, but the resurrection, I believe, gives mankind new direction. If we were to be able to somehow summarize John chapter 20, verses 19 through 21, this is what we would find. After the resurrection, the disciples were hiding, if you please, behind closed doors. Now, they were hiding for real reasons. They were in fear of their lives because the Jews were seeking to kill them. But Jesus sought them out. When he found them, he revealed himself to them. He proved himself by revealing his nail-pierced hand and his side that was pierced. While the disciples were thrilled, there was, again, a reason that Jesus was there. And there is always a reason. He had an assignment for them. And so after Jesus reveals himself, he begins to speak to them and he says, As my Father has sent me, even so I send you. The scripture teaches us that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Therefore, the church of this day must be about our Father's business. Jesus came to be the light in the middle of a dark world. And the responsibilities of the church today are no different we are to let our, shine, our light shine so that people may see the power of God through us. Jesus was set apart, therefore the church must also be set apart. Here is a significant implication of the resurrection. The resurrection means that we must heed his instructions. I can't just hear it, but I've got to do what the scripture instructs me. I believe the church has been called out so that we can be sent out. I believe that a God-called church doesn't just put a sign in the front yard and hope for the best. We do not just advertise the existence of our church and then just somehow whimsically hope that people will find us. I believe that a God-called church goes out into the world to the Great Commission to seek and save those that are lost. Our problem is sometimes that we are exactly where the disciples found themselves or where they were when Jesus found them. We're behind closed doors. We have some great talent and great ability, but do we have all of that locked behind the door of the church? We have some prolific thinkers and some wonderful leaders, but do we have them all locked away behind the doors of the church? If we are to heed the commission of the Lord, then I believe that the church must get up and go where the people are. We have a message that deserves to be heard. You have a voice that deserves to be heard. You have a testimony that deserves to be shared. There are people that are desperately in need of hearing the truth concerning the gospel and hearing the truth concerning salvation. Therefore, we cannot just have church. We must be the church. If we're going to understand and implement the power of the resurrection and what this day in its entirety represents, then we have to realize that we cannot do this with our own human ability. I'm thankful for anointed talent. I'm thankful for, I am thankful for those prolific thinkers. I'm thankful for wonderful leaders. But I will tell you 
that that alone will not be enough to break the bonds of sin or destroy the power of sin that, that people are bound with in their lives. The scripture says, and I referred to this just a service or so ago, that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And that anointing is what we're reaching for today. We must have the power of God. In John chapter 20 and verse 22, Jesus did something very significant to the future of these people and to the church. The scripture says that he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, this was just merely a prelude to what would happen in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. However, this is very symbolic, and we cannot afford to minimize its significance. The single act here reveals that, that we cannot carry on this commission without the power and the presence that the Spirit of God would provide. And so I want to say to the church in this hour... If, if we are not depending on the presence of God, if we are not depending on his Holy Spirit to carry out this great commission, then we will ultimately fail. We must have his power in order to succeed. And as we depend on the Spirit and as we yield to him, we become the vehicle through which the power of God is manifest in the lives and shown into the lives of others. The Holy Spirit is, is not something for just an elite, super spiritual few. Nor is the Holy Spirit limited to those that just have a pulpit ministry. The power of the Spirit is for every believer. And in order for us to receive that power, we must consider and acknowledge the birthplace of that power. That is found in the book of Acts, specifically in Acts chapter 2. It's here that the Bible teaches us and talks about the power of repentance and the necessity of repentance. The necessity of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins and then receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is as simple as receiving a gift from a friend. We don't have to be afraid of what the Spirit will do in us. I want to say to you today, you don't have to be afraid of what the Spirit can do in your life. There is no doubt that his power and his presence will radically change your life, but that's all right. It will be a welcome change, and you'll be better for the change. You'll enjoy the sense of peace, and you'll enjoy the true power of joy that will abide in your life, a joy that you never dreamed possible. As we consider John chapter 20 and verse 23, Jesus speaks to the issue of repentance. When we read this passage at first glance, it seems that, that the Lord is saying that somehow we have the power to forgive people of their sins. But we understand that mere mortals don't have the power to forgive sin. Only God can do that. But he does seem to be giving us some role to play in this process of forgiveness for others. And so the question that we should ask ourselves is, how can we be involved? Or how can, more specifically, how can I be involved in the process of seeing people forgiven. I believe that we can do so by opening the door of the kingdom to people. We open that door by sharing the truth of the gospel to them. Through the resurrection, the church has been empowered to preach and to teach the message of forgiveness. If you have been forgiven, you have a powerful testimony that you can share, a testimony that people need to hear. This is what the commission is all about. 
This is why Jesus came and this is why he went to the cross. This is why he suffered and died. And it is also why he rose from the dead. We must also preach and teach about his forgiveness because there are so many people that need to hear that message. All around us, there are people who are going through this life without any hope. They stagger under the burden of their own sin and their own failure. But you can help them find freedom. You have the keys of the kingdom. You have a powerful message to share with them, a message that can change their life. The message is simple. What Jesus did for you and I, he can do for anyone. And that is the truth. If we were to summarize verses 24 through 31, this is what we could take away. Because of the resurrection, we're, we, we have a living Lord. He is not dead, but thank God he is alive. Therefore, I cannot be silent about this matter. I must lift my voice because truth is significant. It's truth that will set people free. The fact that Jesus is alive makes all the difference in whether or not people receive the message that we bring them. Thomas, I believe, is a great example of the people that you and I deal with on a daily basis. Thomas was a doubter. He was a skeptic. We can criticize him for that if we like, but I think Thomas was just merely guilty of being human. He wanted to see and experience something that would make him believe. I am confident today this world is filled with people that want to both see and experience something that can bring about a change in their lives. It seems clear that the other disciples had shared the fact that they had seen the Lord. Even though Thomas didn't really want to take their word for it, they were doing the right thing. I believe our testimony will be enough to spark an interest in the hearts of people and in the minds of people. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like an experience. There is nothing like your own personal experience. They were sharing their testimony, and I believe that we ought to do the same thing because it accomplishes something very significant. Because Jesus is alive, people can encounter him for themselves. That message of hope is what this gospel is all about. The fact that Jesus is alive and he is accessible and he is available today is a very relevant message. His spirit and his power still changes life. The resurrection means that we, can, that we have a responsibility to proclaim his presence. And I believe that responsibility is no different for the church today than it has ever been. I think it's important to note that, that Thomas responded to a personal encounter with the Lord himself. People need to understand something, that they too can have a personal experience with the Lord. Our testimony should be enough to invoke curiosity and, and it ought to be enough to spark hope in the lives of people. But I'm going to tell you what they need to do is fall in an altar of repentance for themselves and experience what the power of the presence of the Lord will do in their own life. People need to know that they, ha they can have that for themselves I know this is true because I have had a personal encounter with the Lord. He has shown himself to be real in my life. He was not just my grandparents' God or not just the God of my mother and father, but he has been my personal Savior. I've experienced a Lord who is alive and who is intimately involved in my life. Most people, like Thomas, will respond to a personal encounter with a resurrected Lord. The resurrection challenges us with these powerful imperatives. 
We must deal, I believe, personally with the implications of the resurrection. And so here's where it becomes personal to us, the church. The resurrection means that we must heed the great commission to reach the lost. It means that we must experience his power for ourselves. And it means that we must teach his example. We must teach others the power of the gospel and what it can do in their lives. And we must be a messenger concerning what the Lord has done for us personally. And so the question today is not really whether or not you believe in the resurrection. The question that I want to pose to the church is this. What are we going to do about the knowledge that we have? And what are we going to do with the experience that we have? I've already stated Jesus Christ went to Calvary's cross and he shed his blood. He did so so that you and I could stand before him and so that we could be free, so that we could experience what God wanted us to experience from the very beginning. The scripture teaches us that when they pierced his side, blood and water came forth. The blood was for redemption and the water was for cleansing. It flowed from his side down to the cross. Some mistakenly thought that this blood and this water just simply flowed to the ground, soaked up in the sands of time, and that was the end of it. But nothing could be further from the truth. Because you see, the blood that flowed from his side and down that cross is still flowing today. It flows from the cross Makes it, it makes its way through the passages of truth today. It flows through the book of Acts where the scripture leads us to repentance and water baptism in his name and the promise of the infilling of his spirit. It still flows through his word. It still flows across pulpits all around the world this morning. And it's flowing right where you are today, right in your home right wherever you may be this moment. I want to tell you that the forgiving power of Jesus Christ is real. It's not just something for a select few. I don't know how many times through the years I've had sincere people look at me and say, well, preacher, you just don't understand. You don't understand how evil I've been. You don't understand how much sin I've been involved in. You don't understand how far away from God that I really am. To you today, sir, to you today, ma'am, I would say you don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It can fix your ills. It can forgive your sin. Amen. You are, if you are in need of the infilling of his spirit, do you know that you can receive that right where you are? If you're in need of just being renewed in the spirit, do you know you can experience that right where you are? What greater time, what what a great day for the, the power of God and the presence of God to move in your heart and your home. He can touch you right where you stand. Amen. We need someone today to connect to this promise. And so I'm going to reach, I'm going to reach one more time with everything that I have into the hearts of believers. I want you to commit this message. Commit yourself to it. Tell it wherever you go. We need to share it where we live. We need to share it where we work. We need to show it in our lives. Every day, be a living example. Tell everyone you know about the cleansing power of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to do what 
what was on that church sign years ago that said the Christmas story part two it really is Jesus was born in a manger he did walk on this earth he was crucified he did die he was placed in a tomb but can I tell you he came out of that grave and because he came out of that grave we have the power to experience his spirit living inside us I'm thankful for the power of the blood today and I'm going to ask you to join us we're going to magnify the Lord and we're going to worship him I'm thankful today that he has risen I'm thankful for the power of his forgiveness I'm thankful that he can restore and reset our lives amen let's magnify him together in this song and let the power in his presence move in your spirit in Jesus name Thank you, Jesus. It reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from joining us today before we dismiss this service we want to have prayer with you and ask God to touch you we want the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of peace that we have felt while we've been in this service we want you to experience that we want the power of peace to be in your home and in your family perhaps the circumstances of our age have given birth to a lot of questions in your own life Maybe your future seems uncertain, but can I tell you that he's got the whole world in his hands and he has you in his hands. We want to pray with you and we want to pray for you. Lord, I love you today and I thank you for the privilege that you have given us to be here together today. Thank you for the power of your presence that we have felt. Lord, we don't want to be selfish about this. We want 
what we have felt and experienced. We want everybody to experience that, Lord. We want your power to be released in homes right now. We want your power to be released, God. We want it to be released into the minds and the hearts. That people that may not feel your peace, Lord, we want them to experience that. We want them to experience the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I trust the Lord will bless you and your family as you celebrate this Resurrection Sunday together. May the God of peace be your companion and friend. We love you at Hatchbend Apostolic Church, and we want you to know that we're praying for you, and we believe God to absolutely minister to your needs today. In Jesus' name, thank you again for joining us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.